Good morning, and welcome to Caffeinate Your Career. I'm your host, the career coach with the most, Jason Hopper. And with me today, we have our co-host. <laughs> what? When you say that, it makes me laugh. Well, I'm glad that it makes you. Yeah. I'm glad that it makes you happy. It makes me happy too. Good. We have the sensational senior director of career and financial services, my co-host, Ms. Allison Harding, and the magical manager of client services and trainer, Phil Kinnicky. Somebody gave him a thesaurus. So <laughs> he had coffee I, this morning. I did have. So this is is Kevinate. Cabinet your career. Of course I did coffee this morning. It was delicious. So, Allison, wanted to start with something kind of fun today. Yeah. Well, because we have people from all over the country who watch this, I wanted to let you know what the temperature is in different places of the country. And it's not that far off of where we are. So we are in um, North Dallas, and the temperature is 43 degrees. We had rain last night, and I think we're having more rain? Probably. Yes. And we're supposed to have more rain. Virginia, uh, near Washington, D.C., 57 degrees. Chicago, 37 degrees and raining heavily. Los Angeles, 44 degrees, partly cloudy. Cleveland, 52 degrees. Maui, we don't have anybody watching from Maui, but if you want to go, it's 57 degrees, clear and will be sunny today. And finally, New York is 46 degrees and cloudy. That's your weather report for the day. <laughs> I did not know that you were a meteorology person. That's awesome, though. I'm a, I'm obsessed with the weather, though. You are. But I am. I am constantly checking the weather app throughout the day, trying <laughs> to, um, you know, just I, it's just something that's I interesting know. to me. Steve does too. My husband. Um, usually. We will have a couple series of questions, but today um, we have just one single topic, and that is, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because it is unfortunate that it is happening, job search scams. There are a lot of them out there. Um, guys, what typical kind of scams have you seen lately? Phil? Well, I think one of the scams that happens a lot is where a email will come unsolicited and says something along the lines of congratulations, you have been approved for employment, and we're going to start you on this particular date, we're going to offer you this much money, all we need is your banking information to get your direct deposit set up, and you'll feel good set. Uh, so unfortunately, those kinds of things are pretty uh, uh, common, uh, and they work because people are desperate. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit more about that today, but that's one of the most common ones that I've seen. So another one is when you get a phone call from someone that says, you know, I've heard that you've been looking for employment and we have a position and I saw you on LinkedIn or on Indeed or wherever, and you match perfectly and I want to offer you a position. Never interviewed, never talked, never anything. It's real similar to the one that Phil is talking about. Um, but this one starts slowly because you're on the phone with someone. And so it's one of those situations where you start getting comfortable. And again, you want a job. And the dollars that they offer you are usually really high. So if you've been making $40,000 
and this job pays $56,000 in full benefits, all of a sudden, you buy into it. And as Phil said, that's when they start asking for personal information. To set you up, I need your social security number, and I need your um, email address, which they probably already have, and I also need your banking information because we have to you know, set you up on, on um, deposits. And so you have to be very cautious, and you have to understand that if it's too good to be true, it ain't true. It, it's just not. Yeah, that, that same thing happened to a customer of mine when I was at TWC. Um, but it, it, was, it wasn't on the phone, though. They, they sent him an email and said, oh, my gosh, we think that you're going to be the perfect fit. Like, the salary was, like, like way high. It was, like, like 85K when he was making more like 30K. And um, said, you know, give us emails, emails to your address. We're going to send you the check. And we want you to deposit the check in the account so you could go buy your computer and all the things to get set up, right? Yeah, and and he did. Like, like he called me and he's like, "Oh, and I just cashed the check." I said, "Hang up this phone right now. Call the bank and freeze your account. Like, like freeze your account before they take all your money right out of there." And they, he he got to it uh, before they were able to clean out his bank account. But but yeah, that one has come up a couple of times in the, in the future too. And the along the way as well. And on the one that Jason's talking about, one of the things that they'll do is they'll, they may send you a check for eight or $10,000 to buy a computer, which what costs $600, okay. and maybe set up internet, maybe get a new cell phone, something like that. You still have $9,000 left. Guess what happens? They say, you know what? Money you don't spend, just send back to us. Now they have your banking information and your routing number. And so there's all sorts of different ways those scams can work. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody's going to hire you without an interview, um, a Zoom call these days. A lot of hiring is still getting done, um, you know, virtually. Um, but something like that is going to take place. There's not going to be any kind of an offer out of the blue. So one of the things that we want to also make sure that people are aware of is how can you spot things like this? How can you see that there's things? And typically, when I teach the security side for folks here, is that there's four things you want to take a look at when you either get an email or you can hear it on a phone call. And one of the first things that you're going to be able to recognize is, believe it or not, a threat. Now, we've all heard the tax people calling, you know, we're going to come get you to put you to jail. I'm not talking about that kind of threat. The threat is an implied threat where if you don't act on this, you're going to lose something. And so it's not an overt threat, it's that threat that you may lose out on this opportunity, whether it's a free car, whether it's free vacation, whether it's this job that we're offering you, that's the threat that's going to be made. The second thing that they're going to be asking for is requests for information. You know, we need your bank account information, et cetera, deposit we talked about or, you know, social security, they want some kind of information to get this process started, okay? Especially if you have an email sent to you, the third thing you want to look for is grammar or, or probably a lack thereof. Typically, these things are done very quickly. They're done in a rush. And believe it or not, when we read these emails, we tend to overlook or almost forgive grammatical errors. We'll kind of fill it in like we're plugging up a pocket or something. We'll read very fast on it. So grammar is another indication that this may not be something that's going to be um, a valid request. And then, of course, the last one is we want it now. 
you know, we want it as soon as possible. So the immediacy, you want to have those things as quick as possible because you don't want to lose out on this offer. And this, this play on people's emotions, and that's really what is setting the hook of the set. If you are out of work, if you, uh, you know, if you're desperate, you need that income, they're going to be able to see you as a candidate to take advantage of. Another emotion people will play on is fear. Okay, obviously fear of losing the opportunity, fear of not having what you need. Greed is another emotion. Hey, I can make a lot more money now because of that. All of these things are based upon going after somebody's emotions as opposed to looking at the offer, if you will, critically and asking the question, why do you think I'm a good fit for this position? But unfortunately, if you're out of work two, three, six months, that may not be the first thing on your mind. So please be careful with that. Yeah, uh, you know, I not even on the job side of things, but on just general scams, you get those emails for from Amazon, right? We've lost your package, and I'm like, I don't have any packages from Amazon. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't transact any online business, right? So that's not coming to me. And it's like, you know, what happens though? Like, if you click that link, it like. Bad things happen, right? What that link typically is what we call a macro. And without getting too technical, think of a macro as everything combined into one package. Um, when I talk about this, it's the difference between making pancakes from scratch and going to the freezer and throwing pancakes that remain in the microwave oven. That's kind of a macro. It's already put together for you. So rather than going through all the individual steps, you click on this one easy-to-use link. And it's going to do things such as go into your contact list and open up all your contacts and send a message to your contacts. That's simply what we call a worm. It's going to send out information and it's almost a nuisance to some extent. It could also generate um, a program that is going to basically take control of your computer. Okay? So when you hit the number four, the letter B pops up or something like that, or it could actually go in and take control of your computer completely and start feeding all of your information stored in your system to whoever is running that macro. Uh, so keep in mind, a virus is simply a program that's gonna do something other than what it's intended to do, okay? It's kind of like if you take grandma's favorite recipe and replace the two teaspoons of sugar with four tablespoons of salt. It's not gonna be a good recipe. <laughs> right. That's really what's happening here is that we're doing something to your system that you don't want it to do, but somebody else is in charge of it. So please think twice before you click on the link. So um, it's really funny that we're talking about scams. One of my girlfriends got a phone call um, that the person talking to her said, your son is travel was traveling in Mexico and had a very bad accident and is in the hospital. And for them to do anything, um, it, it the the services have to be paid for in advance and it's $1,500. The woman's son had been traveling, but he was, he traveled to them and he was standing right next to her. <laughs> and so she started asking questions. Well, what's my son's name? You know what? All we have was your contact. We don't, we don't, we can't give out any information. And so she said, okay, hold on one minute and put her son on the phone and said, this is her son, where am I supposed to be? And they obviously automatically hung up. You get all sorts of scams. And 
if you have children or brothers or sisters or parents or aunts and uncles or friends, don't believe it. If you get something that says, oh, so-and-so was in a car accident or so-and-so was in a swimming accident and they're in the hospital, generally they don't use a name because they don't have it. And oftentimes they ask for amounts of money and oftentimes they ask for that money to be sent in a credit card form. So, for example, you need to pick up a MasterCard or you need to go to Walmart. No company is going to take a Walmart card. Sorry, they're just not. You just have to use common sense. And um, again, as Phil said, it works on immediacy. You need to do this right away because they're really in danger of being very badly hurt. And fear and emotion. And fear and emotion. You know, this is my child. Could You know, I don't know where they are. Yeah, you do know where they are. This call puts you in that fear mode, and then your head starts working in fear versus common sense. And another, one of the classic uh, scams happened all the way back in 1986. Uh, and this was something called the I Love You virus. And there was a Filipino, 17 years old, who created this message. And it was an email that was sent out, and the subject line of the email says, I love you. Dot txt and txt we think of as a letter and so somebody sent us a love letter and gosh who sent us a love letter don't we want to find out who that is and so again love was the emotion played out there you know and so a lot of people clicked on it and again it started to do things to the system that became a virus to the system and again this was even back in the late 1980s and so these are things that are new okay so we want to make sure that we're not afraid of it, but know what we're looking at and understand that if at all possible, think critically, ask yourself the question, well, why am I getting this? And again, not try not to respond emotionally. Try to think before you actually click on one. So some keys to remember, just little things. If you don't know who's sending you the email, probably not a good idea to open it up, especially if there's strange things in it, like I love you. Um, Whomever, whoever loves you, you know who they are. So, so don't do that. Two, if you do get an email, a letter in the mail from the IRS, that's a big one right now. If there are any spelling errors in it, throw it out. It's not true. Those letters are scanned and looked over and, and, and everything is, is perfect about those types of things. If you get an, a phone call from the IRS that says you owe $5,000 and we need that money now or else you're going to jail, two things. One, you ain't going to jail. Two, <laughs> the IRS does not call you. They do not. Um, they're, they're just playing on fear and emotion again. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one, especially now that our taxes are due. There's lots of those phone calls going around and lots of those fake letters going around. Oh, when I was teaching, we actually had a call happen during the class and the student put it on speaker. We all kind of got to listen on it. You know, if you do not send this in, the police will come and you will go to jail. And, you know, we I've talked to several police officers. Again, my, my brother's a police officer up north. Police aren't going to give you heads up if they're going to take you. <laughs> you right. to get you fair warning. Okay. <laughs> so again, think a little bit, you know, growing up, you know, when you hear a carpenter talk about, 
measure twice, cut once. Think about that, read twice, click once. Don't, don't click right away. Read through it, make sure that you understand what it is. And again, ask the question, why is this coming to me? What is it that people are looking for? And they're always looking for money. Always, always, always looking for money. Pay this, give me that, you owe, IRS, um, Amazon, or um, I got one the other day, your delivery service. I don't have a delivery service. Your delivery service can't send this package. All right, then keep it. There was one that I received <laughs> saying that a movie theater in Jacksonville, Florida, needed my information for the movie tickets that were reserved by me. And it was a Nicolas Cage movie, and I knew that it wasn't mine because I'm not a Nicolas Cage fan. I'm sure he's a great guy. I just don't like movies. But it was interesting how the different ways people are trying to come up with ways to get you to share that information, to share that money, even under the guise of something you may think is legitimate. Okay? There's a lot of things happening out there. And one of the ones that's actually fairly recent is called password mining. Are you familiar with these two? No. If you've ever had to change a password, okay, you may say, well, okay, time to change your password, you type a password in, and you'll get a message saying, sorry, you've recently used that password. Right. Think about it. how does the system know you've recently used the password? Your old passwords are actually stored in the system or the site that you're going to. Because if you try to use a password that you've had for the last four passwords, the system says you can't do it. Think about it. How does it know? It's comparing to the password you have. And there are programs out there that will actually go and mine those old passwords and pull them up. And I got a scam message saying, you know, this is your password. We've seen it on there. And all of a sudden, when somebody sees a password that they have in an email, fear becomes magnified exponentially. How did they get my password? How? And then you realize, wait a minute, that's an old password that I had. So especially if you get an email or call with something like, this is your password, we know it's all about you, and you know, think for a second, remember your passwords are actually stored by places you go to so that you don't keep using them again. And if that site doesn't take care and protect those, those could be mined by scammers. And imagine if you get an email saying, by the way, this is your password, we know all about you, send us money or else. That's another scam that's coming up. I haven't heard of that one, that's interesting. Phil, like, how do you know that you're on a, a site that's secure uh, for transacting business or, or banks and stuff? Good question. So when you're looking at a site for security, the couple things you want to look for. Now, again, back in the day, we used to have to type in something called www.gotothesite.com slash slash, all those things. Well, that's all been basically shrunk down into just typing a name. But what you do want to look for are a few things. The first thing that I look for whenever I want to transact on a website, whether it's banking or sending my personal information, is I want to see a padlock. If you look to the left of the address, in your address bar, you'll see a padlock. And the padlock should be locked. If it's open, I'll tell you the means if they're doing maintenance on that site and it's not a secure site. What that padlock means is that that website has actually applied for and purchased a digital certificate. And a digital certificate is offered by companies which provides a cryptographic stream to encode the transaction between yourself and whoever that company is. So if I'm going on to my bank and I want to transfer money, that individual transaction for that particular amount of time I'm on it will be coded. 
And that allows me to transact knowing that nobody else is going to be able to get into the code. And the codes are ridiculously sophisticated nowadays to where you may have a transaction and every second that code may be changing a thousand times, every oh, wow. second. And the reason you're able to transact because both you and the person you're talking to are connected and you're both changing at the same time. Very hard for somebody to get into that. It's kind of like trying to jump through a propeller on an airplane and not get hurt. It's very hard to do. You can't get to it. So that certificate is indicated by having a padlock up on your website address. Make sure it's locked. If you can still see it, you may see HTTPS which stands for Hypertext Transfer Protocol Secured, which is another indicator that you are working with a certificate-based website. Uh, some companies may not want to get a certificate. A certificate costs companies money. And depending upon the security level they want, it's going to cost a lot more because they're being provided with this encoding stream, and that costs money to put. So if the company doesn't want to spend the money, they say, oh, I don't want you're not going to see that padlock. You're not going to see that HTTPS, and they're not going to get my business. And so that's what I tend to look for to make sure I have a website that's secure. Another thing you want to take a look at to find out, is this website actually who it's purporting to be? Is at the end of your address, you'll have what's called an extension. And the extension is either .com or .gov or whatever it is. Whatever is immediately to the left of that.com. That's who owns the website. So you may see from um, you know, uh, Chase, Bank. Chase Bank slash uh, Phil's House.com. Well, since Phil's House is in front of.com, that's not a Chase Bank website. That's, that's a website for Phil's, Phil's House. House. Okay. So people will tend to read a website. They will read the same way we normally read as we read from left to right. But when we're looking at a website, what I recommend people to do is to find the extension and look right to left. Looking at it the other direction, that first site, that's your first location to the left, to the left of that dot, that's who actually owns the website. Okay. And so that's a big clue that I look at in terms of whose website is this actually. Good, good. Our, our website is uh, jfsdallas.org. So JFS would be the owner. JFS Dallas is the actual owner of that website. It is a legitimate website. Now, if you see <laughs> jfsdallas.org slash jfsdallas slash, uh, slash jasonbankaccount.org, no, that's that's not a JFS website. But you can't go there and donate directly to me. Um, no, just joking. But another one we get regularly is um, a, a scam, um, a phone call that says we can cut your direct TV bill by 50 percent. I um, yeah, and I had that. <laughs> I had that. Yeah, that email. Yeah, and so you can either get it in an email. We often get the phone call. Um, they can't do it. They want your account information. I'm not giving you anything. If you can cut my account in half, you should have all that information in front of you and be working for Direct TV. They're not. They're working for themselves, trying to scam some money or account information from you. Another one is car warranties. Oh, that's um, the worst. My husband gets it all the time. I, yeah. I want you to know that he has 226,000 miles on his 2000 Jeep. He doesn't have a car warranty. He hasn't had it for 15 years. He's never, you know, and they call constantly. 
your warranty is about to expire. It expired 15 years ago. It, you know, it's a tad late on that one. <laughs> you're, you're a little late on that one. We can get you a warranty as as soon as tomorrow. Yeah. Really? So. Another one that you want to take a look at here and make sure you're aware of is we talked about password mining. There's another technique used by scammers called data compression. And what that is, is that we can actually change the spacing between the letters on a message. And so what looks like a capital B, maybe a lowercase L with the number three really, really close to it. You can do that on something as simple as Microsoft Word. And instead of it being Bank of America, it could be 1-3 Bank of America, and it's somebody else's website. So take a good look at the messages. Make sure that what you see is actually there. Again, make sure that they're not trying to compress letters and make it look like it's something else. Because I can make it look like a lot. Where I want it to be. You're talking about the URLs. The URL. The website. And, and even actually in the message itself, you can actually compress it anywhere that you've got text. You can actually compress those characters. And so instead of looking like the two separate numbers or two separate letters, you can almost create a new letter. For example, lowercase r, lowercase n can be squeezed in, look like a lowercase m. Yeah. So these are things that people will use as tricks to kind of get you to click where you really don't want to. You know, I guess the message really is, if you don't know who it's coming from or what it is, don't do it. Um, there's so many scams out there, and I'm older than these two guys. People my age and older get scammed constantly because they're afraid of what could happen. And, and again, as, as Phil and Jason have both said, the immediacy of what they're asking of you doesn't give you enough time to process and think. Someone got hurt, someone is ill, your bank account is overdrawn and we need $1,000. No, none of that stuff is true. And you know it, deep down inside you know, but it's like, oh my gosh, I wonder what I did. You don't call the bank, you may just send a check to somebody or send a credit card information or, or a dozen different things. Don't do it. Um, Phil gave you and Jason talked about some really good things to be able to look at. And if you're questioning it, ask somebody to look at it, read it, listen to it, whatever it is, don't do it. Banks are never going to send, legitimate banks are never going to send a request for your information. You'll see them talk about that all the time. That's really the thing. The information, give you something, you need something. I will actually just delete emails, and if they're really legitimate, they'll call, okay? But I'm really not, that's something I'm not going to recommend you for everybody, but it's something that you may want to consider about, hey, I don't want to respond to this until I get some kind of verification. Yeah. And so yeah. somehow try and find the person, try and find your organization, call them, find out. And if you're in doubt, as Allison said, talk to somebody else. Talk to... Um, human beings. Talk yeah. to another person. <laughs> Talk to somebody else as opposed to trying to just solve it for yourself. Yeah, that's absolutely true. When we were um, traveling, we went to uh, London and I don't know, I think it was maybe the second transaction. We got a call from our bank going, are, are you really in London? They're like, yes, yes, we are. And like, like we forgot to tell the bank, right? Yeah. And they were like, they wanted to make sure that it was us and not, you know, somebody had our account was, mm -hmm. was you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they will call you for sure. So, so, again, think and stay safe. 
ask questions. Don't respond just out of panic. Don't respond out of, I've got to act on this now. Take a breath, step away, read it again. Okay. Um, another thing, and a lot of people don't do this anymore um, because they're looking at their all their banking accounts on their phone. But at the end of every month, my husband actually prints off a statement against the credit cards and where we've been and what we've done. And numerous times there's mistakes on there. Um, either you would charge something or by accident, literally by accident, or we were at a restaurant and got two charges that night. So there's things that you can do. These aren't scams. They're not, some of them are, some of them aren't intentional, but look over those statements and read them and make sure that this is your money. You've earned this, whether it comes from your savings or social security or your, your um, salary for what you're doing. You don't want it you don't want somebody else living on it when you don't even know who those people are. So look those statements over, look those things over and make sure that it's money that you've spent and that you know where it's going. Um, too many times there's mistakes made or something's added to a bill and it's like, I, I no, it should be $36, not, not $89. Look those things over to make sure that they're correct. You said printing. That's yeah, I know. Okay. I it's know. Like, it's paper I know. Okay, yeah. My paper. husband's an yeah. accountant. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, he's going to want that paper. And again, coming back around to the job search scams, again, these to me are the mm -hmm. most insidious uh, because, again, people are at their most vulnerable uh, and people can take advantage of you in that manner very, very easily. If you're on our LinkedIn Live today and if you're looking for employment and it's been a long time and the desperation's coming in, how am I going to get through there? We start spinning the permutations through our mind and we go every possible scenario. And here comes the savior. Here comes the solution. Please take time. Ask somebody else to look at it as well. Don't just jump on it. It's very tempting to grab that looks like a life preserver and maybe a block of iron. Phil, is that something a career coach can help out with? Yeah, career coach can help out with that. Um, again, that's something that we can definitely talk to folks here about. Uh, but again, a career coach, just somebody else, another person to talk to, you're not on your own. You may feel like you're on your own. You may feel like this is the only way out, but you are not on your own. There are people there that can be of assistance. So jfsdallas.org, um, and we're all here to help you. Uh, a career coach, whether it's here or somewhere else, here, somewhere else, but obviously we're now helping people all over the country, which is really sort of nice with Zoom and Doxy.me and being able to see and talk to people. Um, we don't literally have to be sitting in a room with you anymore. We can be doing stuff like this. Virtual. And so, or if you're in the Dallas area, we'd love to have you come in. With that being said, um, and I'm sort of getting off topic, so I apologize, but I, we don't want you to be scammed. But with that being said, and all those things, looking for a job is a lonely job. It, it, and it is a career while you're doing it. You are researching, you're looking on websites, you're talking to people, you're applying, you're networking. It, it's not easy. And so to have a partner to do it with, 
um, a coach, someone to talk to, someone to email and say, oh, I just talked to this company, they want to interview, can we talk first? That's why coaches are there for you, to be able to respond immediately and be able to help you through those critical times where you need someone. Another thing that happens a lot when you're on your own doing this is the repetition of saying the same thing again yeah. and again and again. I called this person, I told my story, I called this other person, I told my story. I'm telling my story so many times, I'm tired of telling my story, let me just get this over with. It can be very, very tough. And again, on our own, we're trying to do it by ourselves, that comes up more often than you care to imagine. That's why I said working with somebody else, whether it's a career coach with us or some other career coach, somebody else who can be that sounding board for you, somebody else that you can share these things with, is going to help make the process a little less stressful. Yeah. Okay. By the way, our uh, line for intake for any of our services is 972-437-9950, extension 340. And how that works is you will call and leave a message on that on that line and tell, the, uh, tell them what it is that you need, and somebody will get back to you within 48 hours. So. Usually. Don't start again. You started last week. Don't start again, Harding. We will get back to you within 48 hours. Um, and and I really do want to stress, looking for a job is a lonely job because you're doing it by yourself. You don't have partners sitting in a room set that you can talk to. And so, um, and I never thought about it, but the repetition of saying the same thing over and over and over again. And then people ask you, well, how's it going? How's it going, Phil? Well, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I, I talked to a few people. It's good. And you try, you try and put that brave face on. You try and prove that brave face on. You try to be that cordial self. But there comes that point. You know, and you want to make sure that, again, you're not on your own with this problem. Well, that, that, yeah, and that goes back to, you know, I, I always say, like, searching for a job, is, it's, it's not, you have to do all the things, right? You got to do all the things, but more than anything, it is a mindset game. And if, you, if you're not right quite up here and you're not continuing to keep that uh, bit of positivity, it's going to come out in the interview. It's going to come out when you're having those phone conversations, those virtual coffee, like in all the things that you do. And man, I can tell you as a, as a recruiter, more of a recruiter, boy, they could smell it on you. Just you I've know. got a lot of clients tell me, well, I haven't worked in, you've worked. You haven't gotten paid, but you're working. This is work. Yeah. You're actually doing this work. And again, being taken advantage of, it's not very much fun. It's something that we don't want to have happen to anybody. Uh, we want people to be as informed as they can be so that they can make decisions based upon what they're thinking instead of what they're feeling. Yeah, the important thing to remember is that it's it's not a bad thing to reach out for help. Um, people think, oh, I can do it on my own. I've done this before. I know how to do this. Really? Um, you may have done this before, but it could have been 15 or 20 years ago. The market, the people, the way we search for jobs, the resume, it's all different today. Reaching out for help is a good thing, not a bad thing. And there, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, so don't hesitate. And a lot of my clients actually will send me copies of me. Hey, Phil, should I click on this link? Should I do things like that? Again, having that other person to talk to and provide or ask that question, it really is helpful. It really is. And so a good story with all this, I have a, 
I, I had a client um, who had a really bad resume. I, if you're watching this, you're going to know who you are, and I apologize, but you know your resume was bad. And so we redid the whole resume and sent it to contacts that we have here at JFS to be able to help her get a, a foot in the door for an interview. Got an interview. This is where one of these stories that we talk about had the first interview and it wasn't a good match. Don't know why, it just wasn't. But the person said, you would be good for this company. I am going to refer you to someone else here. And they actually did. And she had the second interview, the other interview on Friday of last week, a second interview on Monday. And after the second interview, before she walked out the door, they offered her the job. So this is one of those situations where the first one said, you know what, you, you have skills. It's just not going to fit into my department. The second person said, you're everything we're looking for. Boom, we're going to hire you. So don't get disappointed when the first person you interview with at a company or an organization says, no, you know, I like your resume. I like your skills. It's just not going to work. That's okay. Can you refer me to somebody else within the organization? Now, this woman didn't have to ask for that, but they were referred. So good things can happen, and she started work next Monday. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. And that, but that's the other part of that too is every time you go and interview, even if you do not get the offer, like you still have somebody there that you spoke to that you could go back to. You could ask for that referral. Like you know, I think that during the whole process itself. Everybody that you come in contact with could produce a potential lead, oh, yeah. right? Like, and and so it's that follow up bit for like 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 don't don't be a crazy stalker person, but like like four to six weeks after the fact is good, right? In fact, and I I know you learned this. This is like the first thing that you learn in staffing, right? And because because they were training me to be a recruiter, and I called and I got the candidate on the phone. It's a cold call, right? Got the person on the phone, and they're like, yeah, no, nope, not interested. I'm like, okay, well, thank you, click. And I hung up the phone, and the recruiter that was training me was like, okay, here's where you should have left the number, right? Because what happens is I might have talked to I might talk to Phil. Phil's like, nope, not interested. And then, you know, we hang up the phone, and now Phil's thinking, you know what? I bet Frank would have been great for that job, and now I can't contact this guy. So it's the, the first, it's like, like that con going back and following up is huge. It's huge. Thank you, Leonard. But, you know, in this case, the person that turned her down was her champion. That's the person who referred her and said, you know, this is really a good person. So, again, it might not be a, a marriage in heaven on the first person that you interview with, but in another department, another position, could be. Always, always leave at a positive. Always make sure that there's a positive interaction. It may not be the result you want, but the result that you want to take away is the interaction. And keep in mind, interviewing is not a multiple choice test. You're not looking for the right answer. It's a chance for you to be evaluated and for you to evaluate. Are they a good, are you a good fit for them? Or are they a good fit for you? And I think the takeaway is going to be that interaction that people have during the interview itself. Well, we just had this conversation yesterday, right? Yeah. About how 
What did, what did you, you framed it up like as a math problem. It's mathematical, yeah. Yeah. If you have a mathematical problem where if I say x plus y equals 7, solve for x, well, you have to know what y is. And so if we look at this in such a way to where the interview is going to allow you to present yourself and learn what the needs are of the organization, now I can have that two parts of the equation say, yeah, I can actually fit this and here's where it could be a positive result. I may find out, you know what, I may not be a fit for this. And this may not be the vision for me. But until you know what you can offer and what their needs are, you're not going to be able to move forward on that. And that's the mathematical part that we were talking about. Yeah. I like, I like to frame it up as like, you know, if you're trying to open up a safe, you got to turn, you got to make the, the combination work. Or it's not going to. It's not if it doesn't. If it doesn't line up, it's not going to unlock the opportunity, right? So, yeah. Um, and I I talk about this a lot now when people are interviewing, and people are getting interviews. There are jobs out there. You have to work it, but there are jobs out there and interviews. So, one of the things that I tell people um, when you're interviewing, don't talk about what you would rather be doing. Well, I'm taking this <laughs> right? admin job, <laughs> That's not but work. I'd really rather be doing. I'm not going to hire you because I know if that other opportunity comes up, you're gone. And I just trained you. I work with you. Um, I've introduced you to everybody. I've shown you around. Your benefits have started. It's costly to me if you leave. Uh, that's what I was going to say is how much it actually costs to not have somebody in the position, you know, which is... Why sometimes it takes two, three interviews to want to make the, that right decision because it costs money. Think of it this way: Imagine you have you want to have somebody come and paint your house, and somebody comes and says, "Yeah, I'd really like to paint your house, but I'd rather paint their house instead." So I'll paint your house <laughs> until they're ready. Okay, you don't want somebody who's not interested in your solving your situation. The employers are exactly the same way. It really is, and. Um, there's a trick question. We used to talk about this in staffing all the time. And that trick question is, where do you want to be in five years? Well, I want to be doing this and this and this. Well, if your department or your area doesn't have this and this and this, what it's saying is, I'm going to look somewhere else in the company or I'm going to look somewhere else in a couple of years. Again, I spend a lot of time training you, getting you up to speed, getting to know clients, whatever it is. The, the really good answer for where do I want to be in five years I want to be working somewhere where I'm happy and making a difference and adding value. Well, that's a pretty good answer. Happy, making a difference, adding value. As a hiring manager, adding value is important. What does that mean to you? It continues that conversation. So it's important that you remember when, you, when you're being hired by someone, they want to think that you're going to be there for the next 10 years. Now, you may not want to do that. That's fine. But you can't tell them that you want to be gone when they're looking at you as a hire and investing in you. And, and, and don't say, I want your job. No, no. Th no, they want their job. You can't have their job. They want their job. Right? That's a good, that's a good way to answer that question, though, for sure. Um, this has been like, so love it. Right, because th this was like we sort of got off track. We did, but like that, and again, this is how this whole thing yeah. started. It was me and you and Phil talking shop, and you know, this client's in this, and I think this, and it's like this is what our LinkedIn Live should be, which right. is like exactly what it became. And we had, you know, a specific topic. We talked about scams, 
and then just kind of rolled into oh, a yeah. job search tactics, and it's great. Love it. Um, so for our kind of fun question of the day, um, the weather's crazy here in North Texas. Oh, man, it like, really is. Like, it was like 75 yesterday, and it's going to snow Thursday. Like, what? I don't I say, if you don't like the weather in Texas, just stand still. It'll change in five minutes, right? So, and Allison talked about weather at the beginning. So I thought our fun question for the day would be like, what's your favorite season? So, Phil? I like winter. Uh, I like winter for a very personal reason is that hopefully it gets cold enough to kill all the allergy things. <laughs> and bugs. Yeah. You know, summer I don't mind because, you know, we have air conditioning. All right. You know, and spring's okay as well, but a lot of that stuff is going. If you are an allergy sufferer, you, you're right there with me. You understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, I am an allergy sufferer, but I do have to say I love fall. I love the changing of the colors. If we go to the northeast and to look at the trees, even in Texas now, the trees are changing and they're beautiful. And, and I just like that that crisp that, in the morning, wake up and it's fall and you know it's going to warm up a little bit, but it's not going to be 104 degrees. I, I like. I was going to say fall as well for that exact same reason. And it, it's just the, that, and I was going to say crisp. You, you you are you nailed, nailed that one. Like it's just that it's just um, the you're right. The change in the leaves is kind of nice, but mostly I just like the I just like the outdoors. Yeah. Being outdoors, um, you know, going to eat at a restaurant on the patio when the weather's just like just perfect. That's what I, that's why I like fall. I agree. What What do you like, everybody? What is your favorite season of the year? Yeah. Do you like winter when it's snowy and cold and you're not sure if you're going to have to put a, car, a scarf and hat and mittens on? Do you like summer so you can go swimming and sit in the sun and walk around the gardens and do different things? Do you like spring knowing that everything is new and fresh and coming up? Or do you like fall when there's a change in the seasons and, and the, the leaves are changing and there's that crisp air in the morning? What do you like? I was going to say, uh, yeah, let us know in the chat. We actually, we did not have any questions today in the chat, but we had a lot of comments. So, uh, Sharon, Harris, Sharon Harris, I do see you. I see you in the comments. So, I appreciate that very much. Guys, this has been Caffeinate Your Career. We will be back next week. Are you going to be here next week? Uh, uh, yes. Allison's going to be here next week. And also, I am super excited because next week we're going to have our very first uh, non JFS guest. Oh, guest. Yes, Scott Butnick, who is a recruiter, is going to be on. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, all kinds of recruiter things, and uh, you definitely want to tune in for that. And we will see you next week. So he's terrific, by the way. Yes, if that's amazing. If you have friends who are in job search along with yourselves or anything as a recruiter, he will answer those tough questions when you say why, whatever it is. He will answer them, and he's a great speaker, and he's really a good presenter. And he's super funny, too. And he's super funny. I love Scott to death. So Scott's going to be here next week, and uh, you definitely want to be here next week as well. So this has been Cabinet Your Career. We will see you then. Bye, Bye. everybody. Thank you for joining us.